0: Who will bring it away? Right out of danger yet, though. It, holding the ball. The crowd have just gone I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just—it's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year.
1: Ball—it's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Stipe. It's Stipe. He's picked it up and
0: he's just put it on the left. And the big boy kicked the. Big
2: Yes, welcome to the Eastland Weekend Forecast. We're in the home stretch now, three weeks ago before the start of the Eastland Senior Men's Finals Competition. Plenty of games to look at today. Vermont out for revenge on East Ringwood. Three Division One sides who are playing in mini-elimination finals. And East Burwood's trip to Templestone will still have us talking with a lot relying on that game this weekend. I'm Ryan Long, Media Manager of the Eastland Football Netball League. On a Friday afternoon, joined by uh, a full crew here, Josh Ward, Jared Beanlin and Matt Spider Lee. Josh, uh, you're doing the women's game tomorrow, Surrey Park versus East Build. But then you're off. Uh, you're going to where Northern,
1: you going? I'm off for Northern duties once again. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing poor form coming into finals, <laughs> uh, leaving us at this sort of stage. But <laughs> not the best. To- definitely not the best time. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, to seeing, obviously, the women's game tomorrow, but seeing all the other games around the grounds, and particularly the, the match of the round, which is quite literally season-defining for, for Basewater, But, um, yeah, another big weekend ahead.
2: Absolutely. Matt lead back again.
0: G'day, Ryan. G'day, everyone. Great to be here, and what an exciting uh, weekend of footy ahead of us. And I'm sure you'll enjoy the women's game. That's Surrey uh, Park and East game. Got told a few interesting stories between those two clubs uh, last week at the past players day. But uh, and if I but uh, I'm sure there'll be another chapter written tomorrow. But either way, but uh, no, looking forward to this round. So many great results last week uh, in all divisions and. One of the finals uh, spots still up for grabs, so there's some teams relying, and there's some teams uh, still determined to uh, you know, stamp their ticket for uh, a spot in the final. So, uh, real. Uh Opportunity for teams to really uh, step up and make sure that they're there at the pointy end of the season. So uh, a big weekend for everyone involved, football, netball uh, included.
2: Absolutely, and Jared Beanland calling tomorrow afternoon out at Bayswater Oval. Big game there because, as we will touch on a bit later, there's a lot... um That will certainly implicate how the uh, finals shape up in Div 1.
3: Yeah, g'day Ryan and to all the listeners, uh, very much looking forward to seeing that game. Bayswater versus North Ringwood, of course, that mini elimination final. And uh, yeah, as you've mentioned, there are a few uh, such games across the divisions uh, coming up this week and I'm very much looking forward to uh, getting into some of those today. Well, let's start with Premier Division at the top, Noble Park versus Park Orchards.
2: Now, this is a danger game for the Bulls. A surprise loss last week to Berwick at home. They were lucky. They are pretty fortunate, actually, that the side they're playing to the, uh, tomorrow afternoon knocked off Blackburn last week, so they still remain a game and percentage in front. But for me, it's it's a little worrying. Looking at their ins and outs first, uh, Thomas Francis and Fairbuck come in for Marshall, Bull and Nelson. Uh, as for Park Orchards, Harnett, Blakey and Allen listed in. But... The biggest worry for me right now about the Bulls is their forward line, because if you look mm. at their overall scoring since the game that we saw at Ballwin, where they played pretty well, they probably best game of the season. Since then, they've gone eight goals, three goals, eight goals, six goals, six goals. Inaccuracy is a factor, Josh, but
1: either way, they're not scoring enough. They're not, and there's plenty of talent in that forward line. Last year, they, they showed their their ability to spread goals, but oh, back kicking is bad footy, and it's it's definitely come back to haunt them the last two weeks against the firstly the, the East Ringwood and then the Wickers but um yeah I I think they'll wanna, they want to they would have fixed that up I reckon or they'll want to fix that up th- this weekend because Park Orchards at their best they've proven they can score. ...pretty quickly and can be lethal in front of the big sticks.
0: It's a continuity thing, I think, for the Bulls, guys. When you really look at it, they just haven't been able to bed down that forward line... ...for a number of weeks on end. And we sit here around the table each Friday and we, we go through their ins and outs. And there's just so many names that in one week missing for a couple. In another week guys off to VFL or uh, NAB League duties or coaches or duties or whatever the case might be. Uh, they just haven't been able to, as a collective have a stable side for, for long periods of time and I think that was the difference to what they did last season. They had that consistency, they had a the great blend of players that, you know, just so much consistency across the board and they weren't making a lot of changes where this year it'd be interesting to see what the actual stats are, how many players at senior level they must have played. I mean, they might be in well and truly into around the foot number 40, potentially, mm. even, uh, even to the mid-40. So, a bit of thinking for Stephen Hughes, but, uh, look, they, they've got to be really careful against the Park Orchard side. Played their best footy last week against Blackburn. Jake Edwards, uh, simply outstanding, including a miraculous goal, which really inspired their team. And they are playing playing some good footy over the last four to six weeks. I'm sure Dennis Armfield would be uh, very excited what he's been seeing. So, a lot of positives to take away for the year. I think they've cemented their spot uh, in Premier. I, I can't see them now uh, going down. I, I think they're playing too good a footy. But
2: uh, so, the only thing, and we'll touch on South Croydon in a second, but they have Doncaster in the uh, leading weeks. So I think that maybe might be next week. So, mm-hmm. they should win that, you would think, on paper. And with their percentage, Jared, mm-hmm. they might be able to jump and so Park Orchards probably still need to pinch one more win what is to be yeah. safe. And yeah, this exactly. is an opportunity.
3: This is that opportunity. And they also have Berwick in round eighteen as well, which is a very important game, no that's doubt. It's a home game. It's a home game, yeah, exactly. And so I would say uh Berwick, you know, away from home would, you know, potentially struggle. But speaking of home ground, Advantages and whether or not it is an advantage. The worry for me coming back to this game is Noble Park. They have struggled at home uh, consistently, surprising. which is really surprising. Uh, they've only posted. Uh, I think round one, they posted a score of 80-odd 80, 80 against yeah, Rodeville. the Field. game we were out at it. And since then, they haven't posted a score above 63 at home, which is a, a shocking stat to me, especially given the fact that they averaged on total uh, 98 points per game last year. And I think it comes back to what you were talking about, Spider, in terms of the continuity that they have du- uh, in that forward line. Obviously, they had losses during the off-season, um, Alwyn and Allen. Uh, coming out of that side. And uh, you'd think a premiership side would be able to put together a forward yep. line uh, that uh, would be able to remain consistent throughout the year, but it's just not happened for them, unfortunately. You're right,
2: and even you know Spider and Joshua, I think were there on um, uh, King's birthday weekend, and some of their goals... A lot of them, you know, not traditional, you know, yeah. a lot of times they were just getting out the back and, and having to play a run onto it. You know, they weren't hitting up targets up forward and, and sort, of, sort of the way that ball were and playing. And that was a so, midfield yeah. battle that yeah. they won.
0: But guys like it Casey, Horton-Milne and Sketcher have been, you know, playing some good footy but just haven't been able to get that support further up the field. A lot more pressure down the defensive <laughs> part of the ground with guys like Morrison as well. So uh, a lot more uh, pressure going around the team. So this forward line really needs to find... Find some scoreboard, and uh, that's what they've got to do tomorrow.
1: And maybe that sort of style, you know, that vomited inside 50, it would work well on a smaller ground like a ball in Visi Park, but might not suit a ground like Pat Wright Senior yeah. Oval. It's uh, it, just because you you still have to work a lot harder out there since, since it's one of the bigger grounds in the division, so it might. That game style might not be suiting them, and that's why they're getting such low scores. Yeah,
0: they just feel a long way off the pace for me to be anywhere near a contender at this point in time. That you just feel that if they do limp into the finals, that they're only going to be around about that fifth or sixth mark, and that you know w- even just winning one final is probably going to be a stretch for them. I just can't see them, you know, taking down a couple of the big guns at the moment. So but tips I'll, but this I'll tip one? them. Tip them at home. Think they'll get the job done in a. Pretty close game. Park Orchards, though, I think they will have a serious crack. I, I think they're a realistic chance.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Noble Park on this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if Park Orchards actually get over the top there, especially with the form they're in.
1: I'm going to tip Noble Park as well, but you've got the super boost, roughly, uh, super boost in your hands. I bring it really?
3: out on the table <laughs> when I
2: think there's a potential <laughs> super boost roughly <laughs> the week, and, and that's it. it I, think, I think mm-hmm. this is a big chance.
1: Yeah, definitely, <laughs> but I just think they... They won't want to drop this one, Noble Park, after last week. After last weekend's result, I think they should get up. Yeah, I'll, I'll tip
3: Noble. I just, I just, well. w- just want to like field the room. Who had? Because usually, when I we do I had the these, super boost ruffie the week last week. <laughs> I, know, I had a No, no, no. My my question was going to be like, usually we don't tip our super boost ruffies. We wait until the end. Right. Who else was thinking Park Orchards for this? Because I just want to clear <laughs> it on the table <laughs> before was. we all jump on it at the same time at the end of the podcast.
1: I mean, I was. I, I was definitely considering <laughs> yeah, it. It's a candidate, but yeah. I don't
0: know if it'll be the number well, one. I've still got a couple that I'm uh, considering.
2: Okay, well, i put it on the table, and I'm about to take it off because I don't think this will be one. South Korean take on Roval at Cheon Park. Mm. For the Dogs, Walker comes in for Sheridan. Just, just a quick tip on this one. I, I think the Dogs... Um, yeah, look, they may not. They may need to pull off an upset in the run home. Should beat Doncaster, depending on how Park, how park Orchards goes. They might still be able to make it in tenth. I think I actually predicted them in the run home to mm. just hold on, uh, but I'm not confident about that one. And then the Hawks just need to keep winning for that top two position. Uh, very good run home, so I think they will get there. So, for me, uh,
0: Roval, does anyone disagree? Anyone Informed no. side, Roval, at the moment. Yep. You'd have to say that they are equally uh, a contender as anyone at the moment. Have really bounced back after that loss at Vermont a few weeks ago, playing some really good footy. They'll win this game comfortably. I, I'm, I, I think around about, you know, between eight mm-hmm. or ten goals. I just cannot see uh, Seth Grunson sort of getting near this team, yep. you know, from a midfield battle, but also, you know, forward line. I just think the defence of South Carolina is not going to be able to contain a a Roval forward line at the moment that is in really good form.
3: The one thing for me is that the dogs just need to limit the uh, damage when it comes to percentage because they could end up even with Park Orchards at the end of the uh, season and that could decide uh, the relegation. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, your tip?
1: Yeah, Roval for me, they're they're back to their minor premiership best, I reckon.
2: Yeah, very good form at the moment. Uh, we'll move on to Doncaster East taking on Norwood. Again, another danger game for the Lions. There's, there's a few changes too and some big outs. Uh, Hoskin, Tom Bell, uh, Simon White, Quaynor, uh, Papadopoulos, Papadopoulos um, in comes Jones, Ryan, Oli. So uh, they've made some changes. Norwood for um, uh, their list. They've brought in De Kooning and Tib. But uh, as we said, Norwood, are, they're a bit of a... They're sort of in no man's land at the moment. They can't play finals from here. They're not going to get relegated, so there's not a whole lot to play for in the last few weeks. It is, and the only thing they can do is they can shape the top six and who finishes where, Jared. So uh, for you, do you give them a chance or Doncaster East at home? uh, Probably, probably too strong at Surbies.
3: Yeah, looking at those ins and outs, it seems a little bit uh, risky, perhaps, for Doncaster East. But you know, I think I have faith in in their depth. Uh, to be able to go to uh, go against Norwood. Uh, the other thing uh, that is worth mentioning is that Norwood kicked themselves out uh, last time they uh, played uh, at halftime. It was 2-12 to 6-7, and uh, you know that sort of kicking was never going to win Norwood the, uh, the game. However, this is at Zerbies, I've got to go uh, for Doncaster East, especially with the form that both teams have managed to find themselves in at this part of the year.
1: Yeah, I think Doncaster East as well. They these past two they've had pretty reasonable past two weeks this this one included and I think uh, they should get the job done it's it's always a tricky ask out at Zeby's reserve as well so but again it's a free hit for Norwood. Uh, I genuinely think they they have the potential to to knock off one of these sides but given last week I, I think it's hard for me to see them doing so here. Spider. Yeah, too
0: good midfield for me, uh, for Donny East, uh, not to get this job done. They'll, they'll get it done comfortably and Taylor and having a really uh, good period of time in form at the moment, but also uh, yeah, being well supported by a, n- a number of other teammates. And We know that Oye Tynan's been in some really good form in uh, previous weeks as well. So they're getting well served from their death players, uh, Donny East. It's starting to come good, but uh, they need more from a few other players. Good opportunity against Norwood to get it done, but I, I think they'll do it by about five. Of the six goals uh Nord. a uh, bit of a free hit for them see what they can come up with but i'm not sure they're going to be able to kick a winning score
2: yeah moving on just quickly a tip for this one doncaster versus blackburn Burners can't afford to drop another one, and, and Doncaster really struggling at the moment. I think Blackburn very comfortably.
1: I think so too. A lot of changes for Blackburn, though, this weekend it looks like, but they should still get so yes, job done. Yes,
2: it looks like five changes, but you bring in some good players too. Yeah. Uh Tom Mars back in the side, uh, Jair. So, for me, for me, Blackburn very com- comfy. Yeah,
0: you'd think so, Blackburn. They're, they're starting to get a few of those players back in the team Uh, you know, at reserve level they've got some really good players that have uh, been knocking on the door, you know Jackson Rodman playing some good footy as well Um, and you just mentioned Oglethorpe you know, they're they're good players so uh, Brendan Allen giving some opportunity uh, the last few weeks and uh, that's what they need to do to have any hope of playing uh, at the back end of the year but Doncaster really going to be up against it Uh, pretty disappointing effort last week, Uh, they just couldn't contain the Vermont machine so going to be once again up against it but don't think they'll have the scoring power like last week but Blackburn will uh, definitely get the job done but it might not be uh, to the extent of uh, what we saw but I think Blackburn's still pretty comfortably by probably around about eight to ten goals I think they'll uh, just uh, get the job done and uh, move on pretty quickly.
3: Yeah, a couple of big outs for Blackburn in uh, Baker, Elliott and uh, Ethan Wright, uh, but I don't think that's going to concern them too much against the Sharks. Yeah, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, Well, either.
0: they've been able to replace those players, So, yeah. uh, but Blackburn, they just need to keep winning. Can they do it? They've still got a bit of a tough run for me. got to still play Easter England and Roval uh, with this compromised draw, yeah, so it's going to be the big factor, <laughs> and still now relying on Noble Park to trip up at some point in time and uh, relying on other teams to do a little bit of work for them, but uh, we'll talk about that down the track but yeah. in terms of this game we're referencing Blackburn will win the game and went on pretty well
2: yep they had a golden opportunity last week missed it they're just gonna have to hope for another opportunity to come up but we'll keep moving on Berwick versus Baldwin both sides coming off a win last weekend Berwick have been in some really really good form of late and they've been able to get out of that conversation early in the year that we thought maybe they might be in trouble of relegation they've now won six and uh, are looking only a couple games off uh, or one game behind Blackburn. So they've really been able to turn things around. So it's no easy challenge to the Tigers who probably have a, a much harder run home than both East Ringwood and Roval. So if they do want to finish top two, and we've talked about how important that top two finish is, this is just one game they can't afford to lose.
3: I have to agree. Uh, I see a pretty big out there for Beric and uh, Travis Tuck, unfortunately for them. Uh, But, you know, still at home, Beric, they're a very good defensive side at home. Uh, There's uh, not too many scores above 60 that they've conceded at home, which is a really impressive feat in such a competitive and uh, you know potentially high-scoring division. Uh, However, Borwood they're just they've just been too good throughout the year, too consistent. Uh, they generally will beat the teams below them. Of course, they haven't really slipped up too much against the team you wouldn't expect them to. Uh, so I have to go with Baldwin, uh in this one.
1: Yeah, and just looking at Boren's lineup with uh, Chris Pendlebury back in back in this week, so that's mm. a uh, that's as big an inclusion as you can get. So I, it's going to be hard for Berwick but. Oh, they'll give themselves every chance to get the job done against ball and i, I, I especially at home I, I think they'll present a bit of a challenge but
0: for me. Yeah, Ballwin's midfield way too good for for Beric. Who have been really good over the last three to four weeks. Been really impressed with them. You know, they're certainly uh, a lot more competitive uh, in the second part of the year. You know, they've they've had some guys like Arthurson, Bromley, etc. Doing some really good things, money as well. So they've they've got uh, they've, they've got the likes of um, you know, some really promising players for the future. They, they're they're hopeful that they'll continue the you know, the, the spike up in, in the in the graph. But uh, for me, Bourne will win this game. They're building uh, for a finals campaign and they'll get this job done. But Brenton Sanderson will be uh, well and truly on guard, making sure that there's uh, no problem with this. But they've got to come committed. It won't just happen for them. And then
2: the final game, the biggest game in the round in Premier Division, Vermont versus East Ringwood. 91 points. That's how much the Ruse beat Vermont last time they met. We were there for the match of the round. It's been a crazy turnaround since. They've won 10 of the last 11. They have their Eagles. And, and the last time we were there, you, you've you got to go back to that second quarter where they just got uh, opened up, really. I mean, you, you, I think it was roughly 10 or 11 goals to zip. <laughs> I don't think Vermont scored in that quarter. And it was a longer quarter. There was a bit of a delay in it, too. So it is it's very um weird to look back at that and and work out where they are now as the the dominant side in the division They were killed in the centre clearances that game and and Bilo and Delaney had big games. And then Farmer and Lawson were having a shootout between themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's no way that happens again tomorrow afternoon. There is no chance we we see another belting. And Spider, I mean, this is a Vermont side who is in red-hot form and if they win tomorrow, they beat East Ringwood, they turn around that result from earlier this season and they would have been every single other team in the top six, something no one else has done yet.
0: Yeah, they will. And uh, look, they're clearly the best team. In the current in, currently in the competition uh, you know, and the stats back it up they've been a brilliant midfield in the last six to eight weeks yeah you know, they're, they're getting so much contribution from John's you know Greenwood Hawkins playing some really good footy Fitzpatrick's playing some exceptional footy with some reward kicking a few goals uh, defensively they've been very reliable to each other Banfield continuing to to impress Tim Johnson doing some great things and then when you go forward we all know about Cocon Cal- we are kicking you know, bags of goals week after week, being supported, you know, players like Dario doing his thing. I've just been really impressed with the coaching of Adam Parker being able to you know, have so much versatility within their framework of their team and the capacity of what Vermont have done to change things around. It's not the same predictable Vermont. They play unpredictable, they play a physical brand, but they run, carry, spread, transition, connect. They do everything and they do it so... ...so efficiently, and they are going to be a very hard team to stop tomorrow. East Stringwood, the heavy conditions might play a big factor for them. Not sure that the Vermont ground suits their style of play. I think that will certainly come uh, come into play. And I'm just not sure, from a midfield point of view... If they have the depth to really go head to head with the likes of Johns, Greenwood, etc., mm-hmm. uh, I, I just really believe that Vermont win this game and win it by five or six goals. And that's just on the preface that they are the way that they are playing at the moment. And that's not discounting East Ringwood. They're having a good season, but now we're starting to find out that East Ringwood, they're a good side. But they're not the they're not in the top one, two or three. I think that they're capable of winning a couple of finals, but I'm not sure that they'll be there in the the, the last couple of weeks of the season. I still think there's a few you know, cracks in there in there. Uh, they're going to be a fragile things starting to appear where they're just starting to show a little bit of tiredness within their group. They've had a really good run there. They are physical. They do run. They they have you know, every area of the ground covered. But there's just some signs that the moment when they're coming up against some of the the better sides in the competition teams like roval uh when they've played teams like ball and and now coming up against vermont they're starting to play the big boys and they're starting to really find out what hard Premier football is all about and uh, they're starting to understand that and learn it so it's a big test for them tomorrow and what bigger test to go down to Vermont and uh, and face up to it so it's a good challenge for them if they win it and they pass it we can reassess where they're heading but I just think the way that Vermont are playing at the moment they just have every area in the ground covered from a depth point of view and the way that they move the ball the handball and they're linking up but just their finishing work has been been so polished, I think that's the, the biggest yep. aspect where they're going to be hard to stop. Vermont by about five to six goals for me.
3: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there when it came to the East Ringwood's midfield depth and how it stacks up against uh, Vermont's. You've got such a, an array of names there in Vermont's midfield. We we keep saying it. I mean, Lockie Jenkins is perhaps the one that flies under the radar a little yeah. bit, and he's he's been fantastic this year on an East Ringwood point of view of things in the center of the ground. Belo is obviously the one you uh, you have to mention each time, and then it is a little bit of a gap, and the main tool that East Ringwood used to bridge that gap is the double ruckman uh, with uh, Biola, and uh, Monday, as and well. the
0: challenge is going to be for Monday. Jared is that when that the ruckman for. East Ringer come up against Nielsen in the ruck how are they going to be able to contain him because he does have that ability to go forward and he can kick goals mm-hmm. but he also has that capacity to push down the other end of the mm-hmm. ground but they've also got that flexibility with Hawkins who can go into the ruck and play a bit of a pinch hitting role because he, he is very good at doing that so they have all bases covered so that's the challenge for East Ringer. How do they best use money Monday and uh, how do they best use Schwarzenegger as well so yeah. they've got some challenges ahead of them from a coaching perspective
3: and it's going to be interesting to see how that switch happens because you know Mundy does pinch it down the ground he, he does well in, in the forward line as well he's a good sort of like second tall to farmer uh, and, and uh, yeah the reinvention of Vermont as well just to bring it back to that Adam Parker's done an excellent job at uh, it's Going to be a completely different Vermont that we uh, saw against East Ringwood last time. uh, In that uh, he's found out what sort of game plan suits his young uh, team well, and it's that clearance-heavy forward pressure type uh, type of game where they continuously—they're probably one of the best uh, forward fifty tackler. teams in the Div, and I don't know how East Ringwood's defence is going to necessarily be able to hold up to that.
1: Well, I mean, their defence has been really strong all year long, but uh, yeah, it is a question of whether or not they're able to do that consistently throughout four quarters, and I, I have my doubts, and yeah, that that midfield battle, I mean, you've still got mm-hmm. Josh Waitman running around there for East Ringwood, yep. and he was the best and fairest winner back in 2021, Mitch Farmer can run through there, and the the duo of Swiss Bullock and and Mundy in there is quite lethal lethal at its best and you know you know it's it's going to be interesting to see if Hawkins can step up which a couple of weeks oh well, we he's doing it. it he's doing it
0: week uh, he's been doing it for a long period of time this season it's been it's been proven the evidence is there it's in mm-hmm. front of our nose so it's happening so they, they've got it all written out here uh, the way that they've been documenting this. On a week by week basis within their game style, so I think yeah, they've mapped it out yeah. perfectly.
1: Yeah, and that's why I, I'm backing them in. They're d- they're mm-hmm. just starting to hit form at the right time, you know. And it's become a bit of a cliche for myself, but you need to be, you, you want to be hitting form at the right time and having your best side on the park at the right time. And mm-hmm. this is it for Vermont. I think, yeah, I, I think they sh- they get the job done. Uh, East Ringwood will make it very close, though. I mm-hmm. I think. Maybe that 91-point loss plays on the minds of some of the East Ringwood players, but I just think you you can't not tip against the Eagles at the moment.
2: I'm with you, and I'm tipping Vermont as well. But if East Ringwood do win... They'll be almost in the box seat to maybe pinch a top two spot because their yep. run home is is probably similar to Roville's pretty good. So they may be really, uh, you know, yeah. And Vermont have got a bit. Of, they've that. got a
0: few fifty-fifty games yeah. coming up. There's a bit of a challenge for them. So this game is a little bit of an A pointer for them. Yep. They get this one. There's a bit well, of well, they're locked. Well, like they're, they there's win, a bit of breathing yeah, space for be, them, mate. isn't there? And that gives them a chance. And those lesser players doing some really good things as yeah. well.
2: Twenty percent they went up last week after the Doncaster win. So hmm. uh, that's that's uh, a Massive in terms of where they may finish at the end of the but year. That's but that's what they do. But that's what they do
0: when they play bottom sides. They don't well, just go to. out there with that intent to have a game. They really no, you drill you it. and they drill down on you and they make sure they get that percentage. Yeah. Some clubs you need, need to really have a look when they play at lesser sides. You really need to put the pedal to the metal and you need to, you know, really let loose. And uh, that's a perfect example of boosting your percentage Absolutely. and uh, really doing what Vermont did last week.
2: Let's jump into Division One now. The match of tomorrow afternoon on Radio Eastern 98.1 FM and streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. Bayswater versus North Ringwood. I'm pretty excited for this one because it's two sides we haven't actually seen live, I think, since maybe 2018, 2019. So uh, a couple of uh, teams that have been pretty surprising this season in a good way. Uh, Both sides uh, now. North Ringwood sit fifth with seven wins and a draw and then Bayswater just behind in six wins. We'll get to a lot more of it tomorrow afternoon, obviously, being down there. For Bayswater, lose and your season's done. Win and it's still alive and they can still make it there. So, a lot on the line. Josh and Spider, you won't um, be there. So, just a quick tip and uh, how you think the
1: game will go? Oh, I've had a really hard time who to tip here. But I think it just comes down to home ground advantage and, you know, Bayswater and North Ringwood, their home ground advantages, they're really strong this year and it's it's why I'm just tipping Bayswater here and there's a lot more on the line for them than there is North Ringwood yeah. Spider
0: Going the other way definitely North Ringwood for me last week was worth a win I mean, reality was they had their chances to get over the line and they came away with more out of that game than what probably Montrose did. That was a bit of a missed opportunity for Montrose which we'll talk about later and they were a little bit poorer in that game but we spoke about North Ringwood last week you know, guys like Will and Livingston starting to come, to come into their own guys like Flynn each week starting to to continue to improve. They have a real good blend of young players and their experienced players just coming good at the right time of the season. Robin Naha, he'd be really pleased with the continued improvement of this side. This is what they are waiting for. This is a big moment for them in the context of their season. And I have the belief that they will step it up. On Bayswater, I think the ground suits them. They love to run. They love to carry the ball. And this is the sort of game that if Paddy Rose is to uh, step up, I'm sh- I'm not going to assume, but I think he's selected. He, uh, I'm sure he's probably in the team. But if he does play, he could be the difference. This is a Paddy Rose... They haven't listed their team. This is a Paddy Rose game where he could yeah. kick four or five goals because this is when Paddy does some of his best work and... Uh, I believe they'll win the game and uh, they could go a little bit closer to ticking off a, a finals uh, final spot for me. Bayswater, that was disappointing last week. Let that one slip against Croydon and I warned. I said, but during the show... You go there with a bad attitude, you get your pants pulled down. And they certainly did. They went with a poor attitude, lost the game. Give credit to Croydon. But for me, I think North Ringwood are uh, really in a good place at the moment. Mm. So that's why I'm going to tip them. I think they'll get home by about 20 points.
2: And you can catch that game live tomorrow afternoon, 1.15pm, Radio Eastern, 98.1 FM, or on our Facebook and YouTube pages. We'll move on to the next game in Division One: Lillardale versus Bontunas South there at the LSO. Really, it's been a disaster of a second half of the year for the Devils. I don't think there's any other way to put it. They've been stranded on six wins for a long time now. Um, yes, they are struggling with, with a lot of player availabilities, and I think Lincoln like Wong's out again to the side. And uh, yeah, Look, it's, it's it's they're struggling at the moment, but I'd be shocked if they didn't win tomorrow That they because they're playing a young Lillardale side who, for the second time this season, are coming off a loss where they went goalless for four quarters. So... I think they have to get back on track and, and get a win here. Yes, we know the history against uh, Lillardale, but they beat him earlier this season. Um, and, and for Lillardale, Jared, I don't expect them to to win tomorrow as such, but they just have to put in a bit of a performance because, you, I mean, you, when you're going goalless and you're losing by 96
3: points, it's... Uh, it's not great. No, it isn't. And uh, look, I think they can. If they're able to exploit the lack of uh, depth uh, in Wanton South's midfield, uh, mm-hmm. then they'll be able to push forward, maybe scrap a few goals. Uh, it's it's going to be really tricky for them, uh, unfortunately. Wanton South... They'll be hungry. They're, they oh, will yeah. be very, very hungry to get their season back on track because it is, because it is mm-hmm. season on the line type stuff here. Lose this and they're pretty much done. I mean, this is a game we're expecting them to Well, they win. are. If yeah. they lose this and then it's, I think if North Ring would win, that's it. Mm. Yep. If
2: they lose, I think somehow mathematically... No. Yes, they are mathematically still alive if North Ring would lose, but... Mm-hmm. They're not going to make it. Well,
0: yeah. they're running out of time. Simple as that. It's been really disappointing their last six to seven weeks. They just haven't been able to put and sustain the four-quarter performances. A lot of players coming in and out of the side. Form has fluctuated. Uh, the promise that they showed, uh, for considering with the forward line and the midfield that they possess at the moment, it's been really disappointing for Brett Moyle to not really drive this team, you know, further up the ladder. And I, I think it's a, a real shame because they do have ability and they do have talent throughout that list. They're just not, you know, not fulfilling it. And that's – that's. Uh, Unfortunate for them, but I think in this case for this game they'll get the job done, but they really need to start to have a bit of a look about what they're going to do long term because uh, this list is a lot more talented than what it's showing. So there's some uh, big think tanks to happen and reviews down at the Devils. They need to start uh, organising themselves I'm really questioning whether they'll play finals now. I think it's yeah. pretty much uh, not going to happen. No. But they don't deserve to play finals with some of these performances, and that's as simple as that. Let's not sugarcoat it. Uh, mm-hmm. They're playing Lillydale. They'll get the job done in this one because Lillydale are just uh, developing players still. And But they'll be competitive. Hopefully they're competitive in this game. Well, let's but, hope so because mm, yeah. another... One turn to South, you know, well, they'll win the game. But it'll, it's really covering up the yeah. cracks of where they're... Probably really are at the
1: moment, Josh. Yeah, you're backing the Devils yeah, as well to get I'm back ba- on track. I'm backing the Devils despite their their record against one, against Lilydale. I think they should they should get back on track and uh, they will be really determined to do so.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think they will stay alive
0: in the hunt, but even then, yeah. I think
2: their form is just you, you can't even. Well, they're back relying them in their on teams,
0: two. and uh, mm. when you start relying. And you're, you're hoping and all that sort of stuff, and you're not getting some players back as quick as what you want from injury, and you're losing yep. players. It starts to become a real hard task to, to get the uh, the consistency of the side and yep. to to get it you know the side to really steady down. So they they've got a big challenge ahead of them. If they're good enough, they'll make it, but. I don't think they're good enough to do it.
2: Next game, Mitchum versus Croydon. Uh, A couple of good ins there. Jesse Smyth returns to the side for the Tigers alongside Lucas, May, Jarvis, McArdle and Kimber. Uh, Nick Hallow out with Byron Wright, Jesse Uren and uh, Valley as well. So there's some big outs. I didn't actually uh, (laughs) read that before. So a couple of uh, key outs there. But they're playing Croydon's side um, who also bring in Anderson and McDonald. Uh, Hagen knocks out for them. But... It, it, there's more on the line, obviously, for the Blues here mm-hmm. because Mitchum have locked up a uh, top three spot. So either way, they, they're going to play Montrose in that first qualifying final. Um, they can't fall any f- uh, lower than third. So for them, I mean, the last three weeks, it's you know, it, it's it's a bit of an interesting patch. They they know where they're going to finish, but mm-hmm. for the Blues. Their win over Bayswater means they're still technically alive in a, and have a chance to get out of the uh, relegation zone. The problem is they're a game and percentage behind mm. uh, of South Bayswater and Ruhlbach. So they've got to win two of their last three. Potentially an upset, Josh. Can you can you make a case of Croydon? It a good win last week. <laughs> Very good uh, first half.
1: It was, but a trip down to Walker Park, it's, it's near impossible. I mean, obviously sides like South Belgrave and, and Montrose have broken through there, but it's gonna be very hard for for the Tigers for Croydon to get up. It again, you've put the super very strong oh, on, on the table, put it it every I put right, a on
2: the table. than a of a couple of key outs there, <laughs> and they've got nothing to play for. And I, I, yeah. I, I agree that I think the Tigers will still win, but I think there's just that little bit of yeah. a and bit of a have played some better footy in the a few weeks. There was little a another big performance, um, uh, last week in, in the um, first first uh, half. So, look, I, I don't know. I don't think... Oh, it's, it's hard to back against Mitchum, but... Yeah, uh, you,
3: you give them a chance, Corden. You do. I reckon they'll be considering this as a bit of a semi-final for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, if they win this and then, you know, they've got a, either Montrose or South Belgrave as their uh, proverbial grand final to make sure they still stay up uh, in the division... That is relying on other uh, results, of course. So I reckon uh, the Blues will be really psyching themselves up for this game, and Mitchum may not come in with the same mental edge that they uh, they otherwise would if there was more on the line for them. I'm still going to go for Mitchum in this one, just because I think the quality of both sides are a little bit worlds apart. Um, yeah. However, I, I I give Cruden a chance. Uh, they won't be my roughie though. Mackenzie's played some really good footy as well.
0: Been and very good
3: big week last week. Spider
0: been very good. Look, Mitchum. <laughs> Oh, is who I'm tipping, but Corrine, you got a hand it to them last week. They went and got the job done and that's a real positive because earlier in the year we couldn't see them winning many games, but they've really shown over the past month or so that they, they want to improve their team and they've improved their performance. So I think that's a really good sign, whatever happens, whether they stay in the division Or, worst case scenario, they go down. I think whatever happens, they're going to be a more competitive team in 2024. And that's really, for them, the most important factor when they're recruiting and identifying who's going to be their senior coach going forward. So, there's a lot of... um upside for them. But tomorrow, they've just got to go about what they did last week and that's four quarters of solid, committed football and consistent football across the period and put pressure on Mitchum. And if they play well enough and are in the game... Around that three-quarter time mark, then there every possibility to win the game. But at Mitcham, always a hard task. Mitcham, I think there's a little bit for them to, to gain out of this. So I still think they'll uh, do enough to win the game, but I think they'll be pushed every step of the way.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Still tipping the Tigers on that one. They're still in some pretty good form, and only lost to South Belgrave by a couple of kicks. So yeah. that's something to look at come finals time. That the fact that they were in front away from home against the Saints. Um, gives him just something probably to look forward to.
1: And no Parenti that day too, so if he does... Come well, back. I just
2: don't know if he's coming back because he's <laughs> only played, what, one game this season for the Tigers? Two, two?
1: Maybe, like, yeah, two? games something so. like that, so maybe not. Uh,
2: yeah, I, I'm not right sure. i to um, meet the quota. Mm. Yeah, yeah it would be interesting to see. It's similar with Johnson at Beacon Sealed. Some yeah. of these players are just so key to their chances come finals time. Uh, Montrose versus Beacon Sealed tomorrow afternoon. I'm actually really looking forward to this one. The, the Demons hosting this game. Beacon Sealed at the moment. They're two games clear of six. So one more win will be enough uh, to make sure that they play their first ever final series in the Eastern Football Netball League. And either way, I think this is a chance today to probably, or tomorrow, to see how they match up against one of the best three teams in the division Mm. in Montrose because they're certainly one of the top three sides. Um, Haven't got a list here for Beacon Sealed yet, but for Montrose, Lord, Shillette, Galbraith and Walker come into the side for them. Uh, Both Thomas is out, Sparrow and Dirksen as well. So... Look, I don't know. Out at Montrose, they haven't lost too many at home. I think just the two games, maybe. Yeah, Croydon um, and South Belgrade. Yeah, on their home deck, and, and they're a pretty hard side to beat there. So it's a it's a big ask for, for Beaconsfield. Oh. But pull off a win here, one, it'll lock in a final spot, but two, it'll show that you know, they're not just going to maybe win one final
1: and bow out quite quickly. They're a chance to, to do some damage. I definitely think so. I think you know, I was really impressed with them when we saw them against Moorbach obviously just hanging on there. But I, I think, yeah, I, I definitely do give them a bit of a chance. and But against the Modro side that, that brings back Sam Walker and Tyrone Galbraith and the latter's had a, a terrific season up forward and, you know, you add him to the likes of, of Bailey White, Ryan Garthway, that's it's going to be interesting to see how well Beaconsfield cover all those ba- bases. But I definitely think they won't want it to be like last time where they just faded away in the second half, I, I think it'll be a lot more closer, And but I, I'm still back in Montrose just given that home record, and after last week, they'll want to bounce back.
0: Well, I think they would have come off the week in terms of a loss. They would have felt that they lost that mm. game. Yes, they got away with two points, but had their opportunities, but I think for the bulk of the day, talking to a lot of people that went to that game, it felt like they were outplayed, and... I think Gary Ayres will just want to remind his players that this is going to be a hard part of the season. They've really got to grind some games out, and sometimes you just got to find a way to win. They couldn't find that way last week. They just couldn't get over the line, and that was because there was a more determined opponent. But this time around, they're playing at home. They need to play four quarters. He'll demand it, easy. He'll want four quarters of solid football going into a finals campaign. That's what. His coaches, when he played, that's what they demanded. Guys like Alan Jeans, Alan Joyce, etc. They made sure that this time of the year, when you're building up to a finals campaign, you're ready to go. You can't, you can't just ease back the load. You have to be ready to go, so you're ready at finals time and hit the ground running. So a big moment for them. They need to make sure that they start the game well tomorrow and finish off accordingly. I think they will. I think they'll get this job done by around about four to five goals. But I think. Beaconsfield might challenge them for parts of the day and that would be good to see because uh, Beaconsfield, uh, if they can make the finals and uh, push a few teams, they just might scare a few uh, along the way.
3: Yeah, for sure. If you look at Montrose's form over the past uh, couple of years, they were prone to patches within seasons of two or three games where they would be dropping games that you wouldn't expect them to. Uh, You look at this year and when they, they, they have slipped up a little bit. There was the Croydon game, there's the North Ringwood game, but they always bounce back. Uh, And I think that's the difference uh, of Montrose this year. And it's probably down to uh, Gary it's probably down to some of the leadership group at Montrose as well, Uh, Beaconsfield, they were good last week against One Turner South. They didn't blow them off the park, even though they are an out-of-form side, the Devils. However, I don't think Beaconsfield are the sort of team to blow other teams off the park, uh, unless maybe if um, Matt Johnson gets back in, but that looks unlikely mm-hmm. at this point. Darren Minchington, he's a former AFL player, kicked three goals last week, and it will be an interesting sort of like book e- bookend uh, to uh, Ryan Garthwaite on the other side of the ground, former AFL player as well. So I, I don't expect it to necessarily be a shootout, but at least Beaconsfield have, you know, a little bit more of that scoring power once again to uh, to challenge Montrose and to try and keep pace with them throughout the day. But for me, I think Montrose just have too much quality across each, each line of the ground uh, at this point. So I... Look, they, they um, beat them at home park already. I think they can do it again. Yeah,
2: I do, do. I'll be tipping Montrose as well out at home there. Montrose Recreation Reserve. Last game in Division 1, Murrubak versus South Belgrave. Now, if Ring would win and Murrubak lose, that, that's officially done. So, similar boat to, to Bayswater and, and Wonturner South. They'll that, be out of calculations to the finals. But even if they do somehow pull off this upset, they've got Mitchum and Montrose to follow. So, it is the hardest <laughs> run home that you can have. I think one other side have that same three in a different order. Croydon. So, again, very tough for them to get out of the bottom two. And I I just think you you just can't fault anything that South Belgrave are doing right now. Looking at the ins this week, Burke, Robertson and Walls comes in. Uh, Richards, West, Withers and Damien Gunner out of the side. As for
3: Murabuck, McDonald comes in for Roth. Um, South Belgrave for me. Yeah, yep, I have to agree with that. It's going to be a huge test for the bark, uh back six. Of course, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they can uh, what what they can bring against uh, South Belgrave forward line that has been in form for two years now. Uh, <laughs> they've not <laughs> they've not dropped uh, they've not missed a beat. Is what I'm trying well, to probably say. Probably about five years. Where I can't yeah. remember where they
2: are <laughs> going up the divisions. You, you're pushing my memory on on how they've gone, but it's you're just been right. phenomenal over the last few years. And um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're very hard to outscore them, and, and that Heights
3: Reserve as well. I mean South Belgrave of proven that they can go to yep. larger grounds away from home. And, uh, you know, home parks are the example there where they beat Beaconsfield. They're not going to worry about the home ground yeah. advantage well, You here can put them, put them
2: on any ground at the moment. They'd, they'll still find a way to win. That's uh, yeah. 36 out of the last 38 or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. I had a, a thing up on Instagram this week uh, showing their, their run of form in the last two years. So they are a phenomenal side. Uh, Josh Spider, any case oh. of Merubach, any... Way they can pull off a win here? I
0: wouldn't th- wouldn't have thought so. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to match up to this power unit of South Belgrave, who are just in really good form. Yeah, they they have their ups and down days where they don't play as well as what they do in other weeks, but they are just maintaining a good level of consistency right across the board from all their players, getting good contributions from their young and old. And I think Luke Galliard would be really impressed with that. So hard to see them losing this game. I just think they're really starting to drive that initiative home and they're building up for another big finals campaign, in my view. I think yep. they're going to be very hard to beat.
1: Yeah, I think it, it's near impossible to defeat South Belgrave. I mean... There is it. They're in a similar boat to Mitchum and Montrose, where you know they know they're going to have the first week, first week of finals, and maybe they. Oh, I mean, I won't be completely surprised if they do take their don't take their foot off the gas. Oh, I think they'll want to continue with that. Well, well, I
0: think their biggest challenge for it going is trying to work out what's their best. Best starting lineup. Mm, you know, yep. they're probably just now. They're going to be a lot of
2: unlucky. Players yeah, they're, they're trying
0: to probably work out what is the best combination, and, and it probably comes down to which team that they play. Are they going to play? Are they going to go? How tall are they going to go against teams like Montrose or Mitchum? Uh Do they play fast? Do they want to play a little bit with a bit more uh, slower tempo against other teams? What sort of method they want to use? So, I think that's the sort of blend that they'll be discussing at the moment. So that's why everyone's in that conversation of selection. So everyone's getting a little bit of a, a go at the moment and uh, in the run to the finals they're not afraid to to give that opportunity and then by the first that first final they'll certainly wheel out the best uh, the best team that'll get the job done. So uh have got a bit of thinking time for him and his uh, support staff, but I'm sure they'll uh, they'll get to work and they'll uh, they'll settle on a combination.
2: And you may rest uh, you know two or three here and there, but you can't just rest out everyone because they're going to have the week off coming into that first week of the finals. Yeah. They may have another week off again if they win that uh, first final against either probably Mincham or Montrose. So you've got to be careful because there'll be a lot of time off football and that can yep. flirt with form. And, and
0: it is. And you're trying to keep the players fresh. You're trying to keep everyone up and positive and keep that vibe. And you're also watching the opposition as well. And you're trying to manage a lot of other factors So and scenario players. So big challenge for them. But they've done it before the last couple of years. So... Why can't they do it again? And uh, yep. if they do, it'll be uh, it'll be a great coaching performance by uh, Luke Goward and, uh, and the rest of the team. Absolutely. That's it for Premier
2: and Division 1. We're going to take a quick break and then jump into Division 2.
3: Got a bit to say to David Lang. He must have just stepped up his line there, guys. And uh, Big Gordon, not quite um,
1: a dainty man, just snuck up on him and, <laughs> and took him out. And he's he's kicking into what is a strong breeze. He's going to probably aim for the right-hand goalpost, and this to bring the Tigers back to within four points. Yep, very close to the man on the mark though here, Brash, the
3: big fella. Didn't look comfortable, but it struck it pretty
2: That's nicely. Right. Two in a minute for the Tigers. He's given it the double cobra. That's the first one in 2021. Welcome back to the Eastland Weekend forecast. We've just gone over Premier and Division One. We're going to jump into Division Two now. The first game on the block: Knox versus Waverley Blues. The Waverly Blues, a big win against Heathmont last week, puts them back into second position on the ladder and with their superior percentage and the fact that Heathmont have to play Templestone last game of the season, all they need to do is win two of their last three, I believe, and that will be enough to get them there, maybe even one, depending on how those other two sides to yep. to earn that double chance. But they certainly can't uh, afford to take Knox lightly because they are coming off probably their best win of the season. I think that is their best win of the season. Oh, yeah. They yeah. showed what they could do last weekend. Uh, coming into the side this week for them. O'Brien comes in for Moraes as the Waverley Blues. Uh, Josh Williamson back in the side, we believe, um, with Russo. Uh, the, the Freshers uh, both out this weekend. But, uh, Spider, you saw Knox last weekend. What, what impressed you about them and, and the way they went about their game?
0: Well, I just thought they were totally different side to what i saw eight or nine weeks ago i just really you saw the improved the stark improvement from what steve buckle had out there at that period of time to to last week and we spoke about on this program talking about where they needed to head and where their improvement would come from and we thought that improvement was going to be gradual and progressive through and They've got to that stage where they have improved. They are not just winning quarters, but then they're winning halves, but then they're winning in areas of the ground, right? And that's what they were struggling to do for a, for a third of the season, then a half of the season. And now in the back end of the season, they're starting to put four quarter performances together. And they really won last week by cutting East Bird's inside run out. And then when East Bird went forward, their defensive element went into play. And that's what Steve Buckle does so well. He cuts off the connection. He cuts off the he, he, – like he cuts a cord. He just basically says, all right, well, if you're going to come into – if you're going to come into the forward line, you're going to have to kick the ball so preci- precise because we're going to form a wall that you can't get past and we're going to just – we're going to intercept Mark. We're going to defend for our lives. We're going to get our numbers back and then we're going to surge forward and then you're going to chase us and then we're going to spread and then when we get the ball down there, we're going to put extra pressure on you so that you, so you've got to get your numbers back, and that's what they did. They ran through the middle of the ground. They linked up. They looked really, you know, really creative. And they used the ball a lot more efficiently than what spell did. spell turned the ball over. They weren't as efficient in a lot of areas. Uh, their, their connection was a little bit off in 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 some way. Their defensive system was constantly under pressure. Uh, they had some players that went down early in the game, so the magnets had to get moved, uh, put a lot of pressure on the coaching panel. David Jensen would be, you know, had to come up with different methods to try and see if he could get the game back on his terms. But as the game unfolded, he just couldn't quite get any openings because basically, you know, the damage was done too early in the piece. They could. Players off the ground, players that are, you know had to change their role for the benefit of the team to, ins- to to basically stem the bleeding, and that was the big problem with what the Rams had last week. But you have to give the credit to what the, what the Falcons did. They just played really hard, aggressive football, defended really well, defended the ground brilliantly, and put that pressure on uh, on East Burwood and made it made it a real fight for them. And now East Burwood find themselves uh, under pressure. But Knox and saying what they did. Uh, they're showing some really good signs. So whether they stay in or whether they go down, whatever happens, I think they're in really good hands with Steve Buckle, and they can really look to the future. There's some real light at the end of the tunnel for them. If they stay in Division Two, they'll probably need to pick up some players to help them in some areas of the ground to make them, a, you know, to make them yeah. uh, be able to make some mm-hmm. steps up the ladder. But if they do go down, then they've got the nucleus there already to build and potentially come back up over a one- or two-year period. It's just whether players do stay around and are committed to the cause or whether their guys are looking elsewhere. And for them, they have to really be really cautious of that. So, look, for Knox, great win last week, but now they've got to be able to try and go and replicate it. Whether they win the game against Waverley Blues... That's probably you know that's probably a bit beyond them. But if they can challenge them for majority of the game at at their home ground and make it difficult yep. and make Waverley feel like they've been in a contest, then I think they'll yep. feel pretty satisfied that they and and that will really indicate and tick off that they have improved in the second half of the year. You need to be able to replicate it and then. Match it up And measure it To say Well we beat East Bird one week And we were very Competitive against Waverly the next We might not have won But gee We had a real good Crack against a team That exactly. is a real Premiership yep. contender But for me It will be Waverly But I think Knox can be uh, In the game For, for about a better half I, I think Waverly Might have a little bit Of a fight on their hands uh, Pretty early I think they'll need To be switched on I think this game definitely
1: has the potential to be a Super Boost Ruffing, in my opinion. But Bottle uh,
0: isn't on the table, Josh.
2: <laughs> very
1: unfortunate. <laughs> I wish I had my own bottle here, here to put it on the table, but um, I think yeah, Waverley Blues are in too good a form. Got their best side back on the park if Williamson is back. I, I, I struggled at it's hard to think how Knox are able to contain him and and They'd Perry love to get well. Duck
2: and Diggle back before finals yeah. time with their two recruits. Will we? Oh, Duck is, sorry, Duck is playing, but they're still <laughs> waiting on Diggle. But, um, yeah, Williams is very key for their chances uh, come finals. Yeah, they Joe. just need
0: to settle that four line down once again. Uh, we know it's a strong one. But yep. they're, they're probably another side that just probably need to... F- you know, similar to South Belgrade, work out what is their best team. What's the team that will probably run out in that first final uh, if they can get that double chance? But if they don't get the double chance... Then probably the likelihood, likelihood is that the team changes because other players have to come into the picture because it's a cutthroat situation. It's all or nothing. So then the dynamic of selection integrity comes into it. And Jared, I think their chances of, of making the double chance here are pretty strong now. Obviously yep.
2: with with Templestowe and Heathmont having a few outs and playing each other, it would have to. They'd probably only have to win they probably have to lose two of their last three mm.
3: to, to actually fall out. So I just don't think there's there's much chance of that happening. But uh, they're not it, going yeah. to because they've got Knox here and they've got the Basin and uh, next week and then Ringwood uh, to finish this off. So none of those teams are in the top five. They should buy rights, beat those teams. Just just have to have the right attitude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Which uh, I, I think I, they will. I don't think they'll uh, take the foot off the pedal. And it's you know a little bit of a lucky situation for them uh, in that they are avoiding any of the top teams when they're not playing at home. Of course, we've heard that uh, yep. their home ground is undergoing renovations and they won't be playing there again uh, for the rest of the year. So, uh, I mean, that's the one dampener on their run home. But they're not going to—they're not going to mind that. I don't think they're—they're uh, going to the be playing good finals at the moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and they're going to be playing finals away. You know, at uh, was it going to be uh, that Walker? Walker Park yeah. for Division Two? Yeah. So it, I don't think it's. It's going to be a good test to go on the road and uh, take on some of these teams, but I don't think they're the going to be the biggest tests for them in terms of the actual yeah. teams they're playing.
2: And then last week against what, Heath, well, that's probably their best win this season. I think Tom Blackford yeah. on Sunday oh, yeah. did say that was the uh, the best one so far. 52 points in against a contender who they may play in that first week of the finals. Who knows, mm. depending on how that all shapes up. Uh, Mulgrave take on Upper Ferntree Gully. Um, Archer and Crawford come in for Maya McDonald there for Upper Ferntree Gully. And then Annette and uh, oh, I'm looking at the wrong sheet. I was about to get into Ringwood's. Ins, um, Avonentry <laughs> have uh Mulgrave, sorry, haven't listed their <laughs> lineup yet. Uh, for the lines though, they were the big winners last weekend. East Burwood lost. They took the opportunity, knocked off Ringwood, probably ended Ringwood season. Looking at who they've got in the run home, and for them now it's their spot to lose, Jared. I mean. Yep. They're sitting in fifth. They've got a really tricky game in the final round of the season against Boronia, and then Heathmont is certainly not easy as well. But on form, I think they match up pretty well against Heathmont. And if it comes down to percentage... This game now comes really important because not only do they need a win, they probably need a belt up a Gully and, and give themselves a bit of a lift because East Burwood will play up a Gully in that following around the
3: season and they have the potential to do so as well. Yeah, so just for reference, uh, Mulgrave are two percentage points ahead of East Burwood. Same amount of wins, uh, just for the listeners who don't have the ladder in front of them. So nothing in it at the moment. Yeah, it really is very close and both teams have very winnable games. Coming up, uh, uh, East Burwood, of course, have Templestowe, Ringwood and Upper Fentry Gully, as you mentioned. Uh, Mulgrave, yeah, it's that game against Heathmont that seems to be the linchpin. That's the one that they're going to be targeting and they're going to want to run themselves into some really good mm-hmm. form here against Upper. Uh, it's it's looking pretty good for Mulgrave at this point, which is not what we expected earlier in the year. But uh, you, they, uh, they could bottle it against Heathmont, but... You know, I, I think running themselves into form against Upper Gully is, uh, is the way to go here. Yeah, it's key. And I, I think they'll get the job done.
2: Yeah, might win this
0: game. They'll, they'll win it pretty comfortably. And it's going to be what the percentage is after the game. And then uh, the weeks going forward will, uh, you know, will, will roll out. So there's a little bit of... Um Little bit of pressure to come for both for them, so they're, they're just got to work out, I suppose, and get their margin margins right. And then uh, they've got a couple of big games coming up against Heathmont and Baronia to follow. And if they're good enough, they'll be playing finals, simple as that. And
2: uh, Ringwood take on Baronia this weekend at Jubilee Park. Now, I started reading out their lineup. Annette and Braden come back in uh, Matthews and brought out of that side as a Barone, yeah. Uh A couple of very good ins, as uh, Matt Clark uh, said before, probably puts them just about at full strength with Jess Bolton and Ryan White coming back into the side. Uh, Noah Jackson and Dylan Dow are out this weekend. Ringwood, the only side to actually knock off Bronier this year, and that was by a point out at Tormore Reserve. And They're going to need something. They're going to have to pull the rabbit out of the hat again because uh, we saw Bronier last week, Josh. We saw what they can do. Very hard side to beat. They're virtually at full strength now. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that's going to probably come in. A lot of players in the twos are going to want to push in, and that's a good problem to have. It's a, a, a headache for the selection table each Thursday night. But we're the best side in this division by a, quite a fair margin, to be yeah. honest. And I think other clubs are aware of that coming into the, awards, the final series. And that's why... it's for Ringwood, who probably need to win all three games uh, to finish off the season, probably year year year's done, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it,
1: it, as Spider mentioned m- earlier. You're relying you're
2: then on Mulgrave and Eastfield to drop yeah. some winnable games too. Uh, it's uh, unfortunate, probably, for the Redbacks, who have yeah. been pretty
1: competitive. Yeah, but they'll see this as a, a bit of a free hit as well, just given, obviously, Baronia at full strength. But, you know, there's they've obviously got the minor premiership locked up a lot and... You know, Ringwood's still a, a very slim chance for finals, but yeah, I it, this is this is their full strength side. Bring back Bolden and, and Ryan White. It's it's going to be near impossible to stop, and I, I think they they get the job done here.
0: Well, you're obviously sending a message to your playing group, Matt Clark. If you bring your best best players in. So you obviously once again you're identifying what you want to roll out in week one of the finals. You're suggesting, well, this is the team that we would like to go with. Now it's up to others to really, you know, you know nail down your spot in the team. So players have to be have to play well, and they need to win this game, and they need to win it well. Ringwood will uh, be competitive at home. You think? Spider, can they be the Mulgrave? of last year Mulgrave to South Belgrave knocked
2: South Belgrave twice and South Belgrave never looked like losing to anyone else can Ringwood do that here?
0: I don't think they will but uh, I I think they can be competitive I'm just not sure they're going to be able to beat this team I think this is the strongest Baronia team we've seen all year Uh, I'm just not sure they're going to be able to kick enough goals this Ringwood team and I just think defensively this team's not going to be able to stop this Baronia forward line. But through the midfield too, uh, they're just a the class above. And I just think they bat a lot deeper. Uh, this season to what Ringwood... Uh, you know, if this was the Ringwood team of 2022, you'd say, well, maybe. But uh, there's been a lot of water going on the bridge since then. And the 2023 outfit uh, depth is a lot thinner. Uh, but uh, Brett Rowe, he'll try and uh, work the angles and uh, try and put a game plan in place tomorrow but I just think they might fall a little bit short. Uh, but I think Baronia will win the game, and I think Ringwood's uh, season will probably uh, be defined by that.
3: Yep, I, I have to agree. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that Ringwood only won by one point uh, last time they played. It was uh, 6-14 to 7-9, so 20 scoring shots to 16 in favour of Which Baronia. Which has been an issue in a couple yeah. of games yeah, this season. It, it has indeed, but it also shows that, you know, if they're going to uh, play again... Uh, the same way, then you know that accuracy may be able to sort itself out. Uh, Boronia are also in better form now than uh, than Ringwood... Uh, sorry, than they were earlier in the season. Ringwood are in worse form now. Uh, I, I don't see Ringwood getting over the top of this one. Uh, I have yeah. to say uh, Boronia have got this pretty much uh, locked up. And it's interesting to see that they are bringing the best uh, strength uh, into their team before the finals in a game that doesn't necessarily... It's a, it's a free hit they're locked, gonna, they're locked yeah. in
2: first and similar to South Belgrave but I think both sides just don't, don't look like they're going to lose even with nothing on the line in the next few weeks mm-hmm. I think they're just going to keep steamrolling through towards September. Uh, moving on We'll get to the big game in Templestowe versus East World in a second. Uh, just quickly, the Basin versus Heathmont. Uh, tips of this one. Evans comes back in the side here for the Jets alongside Barn Rogers. Uh, they do lose quite a few good players here in Stevens, Malone, Colombo, Burley, and Wine as well. So uh, a lot of changes for them. Uh, Jesse Satori for the Bears alongside uh, Margaret and Scott come in for them. Um Give themselves a bit of a chance. Looking at those on out there, they are some big, uh, um, big plays there to, to lose at this time of the season. Where they've got to win every. I mean, they've got to win probably two to, to lock up
0: that uh, top three spot. Josh? Danger, danger game. Mm. Yeah, it is. This has got Danger Game written all over it. Uh, and I think that those outs really put them under the pump to win this game. The Basin will like their chances, I think. Uh, they'll believe that coming to that game that uh, the Jets are gettable with that team coming. And if they start the game well and put the pressure on, uh, and if the Jets play similar to what they played a few weeks ago in the second half against East Burwood and, and can't get their run going, can't get their connection and don't defend the ground as what we discussed last week in the program and don't defend the ground like they have done early in the year, uh, then I think the Basin certainly can uh, you know, press home and, uh, and really put them under pressure. I'm actually really close to putting them as a Candidate (laughs) for it's on the table. uh, It's on the table. It's on the table. It's definitely on the table. I will tip Heathmont, but it is on the table for a uh, for a prediction later in the program. Jared, your,
3: your thoughts on this one? I I have to agree. It does look like a bit of a danger game. I just think that you know the basement only just scraped over Upper Fentry Gully last week, mm-hmm. and it, it just just it just suggests that they are not in the sort of form that they'll need to be in to uh, come up and take it to a finals contender or a team that will fi- uh, play in finals mm-hmm. this year. Uh, Heathmont, they're really going to need to like get things back on track, and a game against the Basin is probably the perfect way to do so. It's a team that they by rights should beat. It's away from home, so there's that challenge element to it. It's just a danger. It is a danger game, but it's also one that uh, you know, given that the pressure's on, they can prove themselves that prove to themselves that they'll be able to stand up to the pressure when it comes to finals as well. So I look, I have to tip Heathmont in this one just on form. However, I'd say, yeah, it, it's a it's a tricky one to just dismiss the Basin.
1: Yeah, it is very tricky and it will be interesting to see how well they go at a much smaller ground, Heathmont, but I think they should get the job done. They'll want momentum and will have a bit more on the line than the Basin, who obviously is still in the relegation race, but, um, yeah, I, I think... they'll. Well,
2: an upset here would just ruin... Knox's chances unless yeah. they get an upset as well uh, they mm. do play each other in the last round but percentage as well is another factor so there's mm. a, a lot of still uh, a lot on the line for for the Bears uh, they should I think they should be safe this year I think uh, they won't be able to make up that percentage gap Knox mm. but um, very interesting that one we'll move on to the last game and probably the biggest game in Division 2 this round um, Templestowe versus East Burwood uh, sorry I'm Put, I'll just mute myself as well. Uh, East Burwood versus Templestowe, out at Templestowe Reserve, uh, looking at the inns. Now, these are big. I mm. I um, wasn't sure about uh, Fogarty and Michener and if they would be back this week. They're both listed in um, Batsanis and to out, and Batsanis, as we saw on the match of the round last mm-hmm. week, a bit of a hamstring issue um, for East Burwood. As Josh mentioned before, eight changes, so some... Uh, Big movement there. Just a couple of plays back in. Cody Logan's very important. Uh, Malk, uh, Malk Queen as well. Pilker, uh, Pearson, Adard, Gold, Kieran, all in. Um, so just looking on, on this one, and Spider, we'll, we'll go to you first because you, you spoke about the loss before, so we don't need to go in it too much, but chances of going off to Templestowe who now look a lot better than what they did last week with two really key players back into the middle of the ground. It'll be a bit of a more of a task than what I thought it may be. I was actually almost tempted to tip East Burwood, but seeing a couple of those ins, mm-hmm. I think Temple Stowe at home will be uh, hard to beat.
0: Well it's going to raise the stakes in this ground, particularly in the in the midfield area and that's going to be the big challenge for the Rams. Can they get on top in that area where they have been so good for around about the past four to five weeks and even six weeks. But last week that wasn't the case. They weren't as good. Marcus Young's been in some really good form. Um, you now, Last week played uh, further up the ground played a different role. And then this week it's going to be interesting to see where they can play him and get the best use out of him in this sort of big game. If Eastworld can play similar to what they did against Waverley and against what they did against Heathmont, they are a big chance to win this game. But they need to start well. They need to give them an opportunity to, to be in the game throughout the course of the game and play consistently and connect. But they're gonna have a big task ahead of them. It's a massive challenge playing a Temple State. You're playing a really good team who are, have a really good midfield and a really strong forward line so defensively, Logan, Rickson etc. have to be switched on uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether they have that continuity and, and that system in play but then whether they can put the system together in their forward line and really test the Templestode defence and put them under that enormous pressure getting those uh, forward, forward entries like we discussed earlier with Knox who didn't allow that, so that's East biggest challenge, if they can get their inside game going, well they're well and truly in the game but if Templestowe can expose that and, uh, and limit that influence in the game and get their outside run going but also get their, their, their surge game going and get that ball moving forward then they're going to be very hard to stop so uh, it it defines like it's going to be a very close game and this could go down to the wire. Just the way that Templestowe play, but uh, it, it promises to be a massive game for both teams. You know, it has different ramifications. Templestowe win, they give themselves a, a massive chance in uh, climbing up the ladder a little bit and, putting so- and consolidating their spot. East Bird must win two of the next three if they still want to be around come finals time. Otherwise, they'll miss out. And uh, that would be disappointing for them after what they... Delivered last year If they didn't make it Probably wouldn't be the end of the world for them But they would be disappointed Not to take that that extra step Because what we discussed pre-season What we discussed midway through the season What they've done in the past five to six weeks They should be starting And they've put so much good work together They probably are The second or third best side on form and probably on ability within Second. the competition. Yeah, on on ability. Second best side in Longroney, well, you think. Well, we've said they've beaten Waverley and yeah. they've been Heathmont in this back half know, of the no. year. Oh, <sighs> Waverley were missing I, a lot of players. No, well, yeah. we've all been missing players. Every team has been. And I'm saying every club in the league misses players week after week. But on the current form, form lines, in the back half of the year, if you look at the stats. They've, they've been very, very good in the second been.
2: second half of the year, and I, I think um, th- that's why I think if they miss out on finals, they'll be pretty disappointed. They'll be disappointed, but they the f- I believe. I, I think you're right. I think they're in the top five best sides of the competition. I don't think there's
0: much between two, three, four, and five. I think there's very small pickings between them, and I and I think whoever you know, gets that second spot, yeah, sit in the box seat to get a double to play in the grand final and potentially. Obviously, they've got the double chance. But there are certain sides who, are in that four or five, depending on what order they finish, can certainly climb in that finals. They could. A team can make the grand final this year from outside of the top two. Yeah, Jared,
3: like your thoughts on this one? Uh, look, Templestowe—they—they they looked a little bit threadbare uh, coming up against Baroni there, and it, it makes sense because uh, no Michener, no Fogarty, no mm-hmm. Carl Giovannini, Still waiting on Giovannini to come back from a suspension, so he'll return. And he's a, he's a big, and he's a big out. Yeah. He so is a big out. And I, I, if he
0: was in, I think the challenge would have been even more, uh, more for them. But uh, yeah. I think this one probably you got—it's—it's uh, it's absolutely fifty-fifty. This game.
3: Yeah, and then you've got the uh, the. Uh, Bit of A bit of a um, tumultuous situation with the coaching uh, with the coaching situation, given that Nick Bactanis, he probably wasn't expecting to uh, be thrust into this role as quickly as he was. I think maybe, you know, taking a bit of a step back, he was obviously injured, uh, and he'll be able to coach from the sidelines, maybe settle into the role a little bit more uh, this week. Uh, also, on an injury front, good to see that Matty Nagel, you know, he came off... Uh, late last week and he's going to line up for Templestowe this week so that's good news for them at least Uh, Yeah, I I honestly think Templestowe they've got the makings here to be able to defeat East Burwood, they've taken a bit of a step back in in their form uh, recently but I did see quite a few things that I liked from Templestowe it's just about whether or not they can put it all together Uh, you know Wooten played really well, McSwain had a good game uh, Jared Healy can show, uh, shows that he could be thrown into the midfield and yep. make a big impact there as an inside mid uh Unitas kicking three goals that definitely shouldn't be uh shouldn't be uh discounted and also uh jessup in a really, uh, in a lot of really good form as well so i uh, temple they're starting to build it's just about whether or not they can piece it all together on the day
1: yeah i think they'll be able to do so with I think it was a lack of midfield depth mm. last week. Uh, last weekend, you know, they they were run over the top by the likes of you know Max Brasher and Josh Begley. And now that they've got Fogarty and Michener back into the lineup, that just strengthens that midfield up yet again. Yes, there's still no Giovanini, but you bring in two high quality players into the lineup, and obviously you lose Bat-Sinus, who also did have a good game. But mm. I, I think there's they're a much stronger outfit than last week, and they did really well to. You know, obviously Baroni missed plenty of chances, but it, they did pretty well to make it only a 29-point game, and I think they'll definitely take some positives out of that, and I think they get the job done here.
3: And it's the continuity as well for East Burrow. Yeah, They've <laughs> been hounded by that issue throughout the season. Again, a lot of changes. It just doesn't uh, doesn't bode well for them, given that when they were having a similar amount of changes earlier on in the season, that's when they weren't in the form that we expected them to be coming into this season. And uh, your tip on this one, Spider?
0: True. Draw. <laughs> I think we're almost certain Ooh. to have a draw. We haven't had a draw in, in, in Division Two. In division we? Two. I think it's the week that we're probably going to have a draw.
2: Is that the first is, time someone
0: uh, this season has tipped a draw? Is this the first time that Matt Spiderly hasn't actually backed them? Oh, well, I just think it, this is such a 50-50 game. I, I just, I just find this. I think this could be a draw. I just really do. I think this is close. I think it's very close. I think this could be one of those games that. It could have the feeling of a draw at the end of it. And it, and it could, ha- this could just feels like there's another twist in Division 2 coming. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever tipped a draw
1: on the weekend forecast. I definitely don't remember any of us tipping. Well, it could like be, if,
2: it be one to certainly keep an eye on. I think this is going to be probably the best game in Division 2 yep. this weekend. Oh, yeah. And has... Great impacts, um, implications on where size will finish as well. So, very much looking forward to that. We'll move on to Division 3 now. Donvale take on Oakley District this weekend. Nick Day, Whitbourne and Hevering come in. I think Nick Day played last week. I'm pretty sure he kicked five mm-hmm. goals, so I'm not sure what's going Quite on there. Matt Day. Matt Day. Oh, Matt yeah. Day, of course. Of course, Matt Day. Uh, Kent Murphy and Pell come in. Uh, they, they are... One hell of a sight having a look at the lineup as well. There's not a um, a weak link at all, and they take on Oakley District to uh, lose a few players here, including their their coach in Blake Pierce. And very interested to see how they will test themselves against Donvale. But with the way Donvale are going at the moment, they're just steamrolling everyone. So. so is
0: this a resting period for for Blake, or is there is I'm there an n- actual? am not too sure to be honest. Injury concern. I,
2: I'm yeah, I freshen really not, up. Not perhaps. sure at all. So um. Yeah, we, I mean, it, it's hard to see anyone beating Don Vail at this stage. Yeah. And they've got Fentry Gully next week, but Fentry Gully's still probably sweating on a couple of players. They will get Luke McComb back this week, which is important That's for them true. when we get to them. Uh, but they probably need Kennedy to knock off Don Vail. They really need every yeah.
1: player available. They need their full strength side, but I I just can't see anyone stopping Don Vail at the moment. They're like, no one stopping Boronia in Division 2 or, or South yeah. Belgrave in Division 1. They're just. Yeah, I think it's near impossible to stop them.
0: It and Don, and Donvale looking really good. You know, they're looking so good. I mean, they haven't even got their full strongest team yet. I mean, mm-hmm. Kevin Collins—he's probably still trying to, like the other sides we've discussed earlier in the program, trying to work out what his best combination is. It's selection, so uh, he's got a bit of thinking to do, depending on who perhaps they might play in the, you know, across the final series. But they'll try and do what they want to do, and that's uh, win the first final and get through straight away and uh, and then wait to see who they potentially might play. But I've got to film like this Furniture Gully and, and, and Silver and I think that it's starting to well, even up a little bit more.
2: Let's jump into that game because they do play each other this weekend. So all the top four sides playing one another and uh, Furniture Gully bring in some really good players here. McComb, uh, Braden Wright back in the ruck, uh, Patterson in, out comes Jaden uh Bonteith and Diessio. So DSEO is probably had a bit of bad luck. I don't know if that's injury front or not, but he's been in and out a fair bit. And as to the Cats, just one chain. Serrara in and Trent Munn out of the side. So having a look at this one, um, Sylvan, can't remember. I don't think they got they got pumped the first time out at Wally Chu. The second time, I think, was a bit close off the memory, and Josh will be searching this up as yeah, I speak it, right now. It, it, it well, was Jared 7. has it 8, 81 to 108 up at Sylvan. So a better result that time. Yep. This third time, they've got to be really closing that gap again mm. because if they don't, then they won't have much confidence if they beat Oakley in the first week of the finals and then take on maybe Fentrigal in the second week. They won't have a whole lot of confidence yeah. to, to
3: probably knock him off. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And especially given the fact that they're being taken off of, uh, you know, they're being brought down the mountain for this one, uh, unfortunately for Sylvan. So it, it makes that challenge a whole lot more than what it was back in Round 9. Uh, they were a little inaccurate that day. It was 11-15, 81-16, 12-108. So maybe a little bit more of a difference there if they get a bit luckier in front of goal, Matt Low didn't kick any goals that day, so he's I, coming off eight. Yeah, <laughs> and he's coming off eight. So that's th- that's the one thing that uh, I, I would say. There's a big bit of upside there for Sylvan when you look directly at uh, at that previous game against Ferntree Gully Uh, Lachlan Kennedy he kicked three Jack Flannery kicked seven so it's a question of uh, whether or not they can contain that forward line Mm -hmm. as well for Ferntree Gully because they do have weapons down there if it's not Flannery then it's probably going to be Salvador or someone else Um, so look to be honest Ferntree Gully for me have got to take this one uh, they can't start dropping games against the teams below no, them now.
1: I don't think they can. They'll want to head into uh, next week with confidence and finals with confidence as well. They definitely won't want to drop this one. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they contain Matthew Lowe as well, who uh, I think he's two goals away from 50 this season, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wa- wants to get past that mark this week. And I think he'll, he'll want a big one, a big game against Furniture Gully. And... Uh, it's just about whether or not he g- he can get support from the likes of Ficcarelli, D- Darcy Turnbull, but mm. it's hard for me to see them doing that. I I think yeah, gully look the goods at the moment. But Brayden brain Wright and, and Luke McCombe come back into the lineup. Those are two really big inclusions mm-hmm. for their midfield as well.
2: Spider, your tip on this one? You sort of alluded to maybe Sylvan, Sylvan?
1: yeah so oh.
0: Sylvan
2: to come up with the oh, upset.
0: I actually think <laughs> Sylvan can win this game. Yeah, I'm liking some things that they're doing. I, I think they've got the capabilities of really playing a major role in this final series a lot of people are just saying this is a two-team series well i'd hate to say it but i I think sylvan might have a big say in that and i I think they're uh, ready and primed i I think they've got the capacity in their forward line they've got a good even contribution they've got good midfield uh defense is quite good Uh, But I'm really impressed with their forward line set up and guys like Lowe, etc. So I I think they can uh, get the job done against Furniture Gully. A couple of guys coming back into the team. Good good time to play them, I think. Uh, I think uh, Sylvan will get the job done. I think they might win by couple
2: of goals yeah. I certainly would be a bit of a statement and would give them a lot of hope coming into September because uh, if they well, don't if
0: they want to have a big say in this final series they've got to yeah. beat them so this is the time
2: well yeah it's a perfect chance to have an opportunity there I'm, I'm still tipping Furniture Galley, especially at home I think they'll be too strong but um, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Cats go because they have improved in the last couple of weeks back to some better form there and then uh, two more games in Division 3. Coldstream take on Warrandyte. Okay. Having yeah. a look at this one, it, it, look, for Coldstream, they pinch a win here, they can get one up on uh, Whitehorse. That would put him too clear. And that means not as much pressure on next week's game against them. And then for Warrandyte, I mean, potentially you, you win, you, you keep that very, 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 very faint <laughs> hope of a yeah. final spot alive. But for them, it's it's probably... Look, there's yeah. there's not a whole lot of my hope coming into this last few weeks. They they're relying on too many other results. Yeah, yeah, I
1: don't I don't think they'll unfortunately be playing finals. And but I think they'll want to get the job done here. I think earlier in the season they they lost against Cold Stri- Stream out there, and uh, they also only just snuck over the top of them out at Warrendale. So I think they'll want to get the, get the victory here. Fridge coming back from VFL is. A really big inclusion. Well, it's for a big inclusion,
0: mate. Kick two points out of zip, zip four points <laughs> for the ball ants last week, and a dirty day for them. Um, you know, mm. in a loss. So you sort of scratch your head and go, "Well, what decision does he have to make for the rest of the season? He's playing in a playing in a team that's not even kicking a goal, or does he come back to a team that he can help avoid relegation?" And I, that's what he's got to. That's what he's probably got to make a decision on. I mean, they, people will say, "Well, does he want to get drafted?" Well, they all they already know what his capabilities are. If they don't know now. They'll never know. I mean, the decision is that you know he he's uh, he's a local club. You know he, he's got to make it. He wants to probably get them out of uh, a difficult spot. I mean, the Bull ants. Well, they, they they're just seeing where they are at a VFL in a VFL competition that's uh, yeah, compromised so this is all about uh, Coldstream staying in the division where uh, they, they, they need to fight and win this game they need to they, they've got to, they've got to keep they've got a couple of games to go and if he could be the difference you know he kicks some goals in this game that could be the difference of them staying in the division or not so uh, I think Warren ought to win but Coldstream will push him every inch of the way I think
3: Couple of big outs here for Warren Diet as well. The two Loughlands, Geimer and O'Brien, uh, two two of their best players this season. Just yet another chapter in the in the story of Warren Diet not being able to put their best fi- uh, team on the park. And then you know Fritch is a, a big in obviously for Coldstream, but Jai Deacon as well. I was very impressed uh, when I saw Coldstream last year with how Jai Deacon goes at it. Uh, I, I think he's probably up there with one of their best players. So I'm pretty uh, pretty tempted to go for Coldstream on this one to be honest um, I, I think at home Warren Diet in uh, very uh, inconsistent and uh, very indifferent form at the moment Coldstream have a lot to play for Warren Warrandyte have those slim hopes of finals however I, I honestly think that uh, the Cougars can get up in this one yeah I'm actually I'm actually with you I'm, I'm going to tip Coldstream too at home and
2: uh, they did defeat Warren Warrandyte there earlier mm-hmm. this season I believe so I, I think there's something there with a um, a chance to pull off, I guess, what you would call an upset. And really, for them, there's probably more on the line because relegation yep. is, is a big uh, talking point in this division with how close it is at the bottom of the ladder. So I think they might actually pinch that one. And the other side that will certainly be barracking for Warrandyte this weekend is Whitehorse, who hosts yep. Fair Park this weekend. For the Whitehorse, an upset would do them a lot of favours because it would... Put them equal with Coldstream. I think either way, they've got to beat Coldstream to to uh, make it. Um, currently, seeing on three wins, but the problem with them at the moment is their form. They're just completely yeah. out of form, and they take on a Fair Park side who, in the second half of the season, have been pretty pretty good. They, I mean, they their biggest losses. Um, well, their most disappointing losses were the two against Coldstream because uh, you turn those around and then suddenly they're in the conversation for finals. Similar to Warrandyte, very, very faint chance of making it if they they pull off a win here. They're relying on too many other results anyway, but um, I think they just go in for favourites and they'd want to finish off Strongly Spider because what, what they have been able to do at their best this season has been really good and a lot of us predicted them to drop out, be relegated, be in that bottom two and if they can finish... At least you know a f- fifth, maybe sixth. But if they finish fifth, I think you can take a lot, lot out of this year. If they slip back of the pack and, and finish seventh, then you,
0: you're almost at
2: where you started.
0: Well, it gives them a building block for 2024. There's no question about it. Gives them something to hold on to uh, over the preseason. Uh, gives them an opportunity to go out, you know, source the players that they really want to build their depth upon, um, and gives them a chance to say, well. Yeah, we've, we've stayed in the division, we've consolidated our spot, we've been more than competitive everyone thought that we were probably you're going to be just fighting for survival um uh, yeah so they've, they've won some games this year they, at times they've been really competitive had some really good wins couple of heartbreaking losses i think they'll win this game white horse for me have just uh, it's been a disastrous year they just haven't been able to get anything going that's uh, been consistently good so you know, they've had a lot of injuries had a lot of unavailabilities they just Relying on the same players week after week in their best players, we know that Horvat, McDougall, etc. We talk about them week after week. Uh, they're doing the workload, and they need others to contribute and chip in, and they just need others to put their hand up. and I just think down at Whitehorse, there needs to be more of a conscientious effort to try and bring some more players into the senior team, expose a bit more of the the junior talent. Uh, I'm sure there's some good. You know, young players around uh, they've just got to give them that opportunity and you know their future might be a little bit brighter but if it doesn't work out and they go down well so be it and they have to you know, rebuild uh, like everyone else has over the years and they've done it before Whitehorse, so they've gone down and they've come back up and they've been better for it so uh, they've got to look at it from a positive point of view yeah sure it's been a disappointing year but they've just got to play four quarters of football and, and play the best of their ability tomorrow but I just don't think it's going to be quite enough against the Fair Park team that's uh, yeah, been pretty solid and uh, have improved a lot over the course of the season.
3: There are a couple of big outs here for Fair Park for this game. Carl Heard and Sam Raru both have had excellent years, uh, unfortunately, but you've got Jay Rankin coming back in, which is uh, you know a, a really exciting play for Fair Park, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes uh, in years to come uh, with the with the form line. It's pretty uh pretty easy to go for fair Park on this one white horse have just uh, flattered to deceive this year and uh, just not been able to put together the, the I think the game plan that Andrew Haining would have wanted them to uh to come together and sometimes that's just what happens with a, a first year coach and uh, there's no necessarily any shame in that but they will pay the price potentially uh, of going down to division four and maybe re uh, reassessing from there but yeah I have to go with fair Park in this one those faint uh, hopes of finals. Maybe uh, too faint to really uh, to really inspire them, but I still think that it, it'll be at the back of their minds, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I think they should get the job done. They have the Woodover Whitehorse. They've won their first two meetings yeah, season, and mm. At Springfield Park, they won pretty comfortably. 70 like or 80 th- points, I think. back. It's going back a bit now. That yeah. was round two
2: or three or something, so yeah. you're right, though.
1: Yeah, I think they should get the job done, but yeah, you know, wild horse. they'll not, They'll be very, very desperate and want to perform in front of their home crowd. No, it's him. Do- doesn't help their mm. case, though. Yep.
2: Well, let's jump into Division 4 now. Three games to play. Turnside Park, who have the bye, and they've certainly earned it because yeah. they've won six or seven in a row. I think it might even be seven in a row now. They have not lost since um, that earlier bye during the season, I think. Josh, will be correcting me as we go. But the three games to play here. We'll go through Nutterwilding versus Croydon North first. Um, still waiting on the sides there. But uh, this is a pretty interesting one because for Croydon North Mlock their form has been much better in the last two weeks. They haven't allowed big scores against two sides in scores being kill side who we know can put that on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And a big chance for them to pinch a win before the, the start, the, before the end of the season. And we never like to see sides go through a season without winning. And there's still a few uh, amongst the divisions. We mentioned Lilydale earlier, but potential potential opportunity. And for Nutterwadding, if they win this one, there will be three for the season, and uh, three three better than what they had last year.
3: Yeah, I have to say Nutterwadding, Wadding uh, they have impressed in. Uh, a Few of their recent games within the past month. There were there were a couple that uh, they didn't. Uh, the Surrey Park one yeah, it was, was the Surrey Park one the, that the was disappointing. Really yeah, one it was one only four a goal. ten, I think. Yeah. yeah, something something like that, which is unfortunate. But they'll they'll really hype themselves up for this game. This is the the game that they'll be looking forward to, no doubt, uh, up against Croydon North, also struggling. Uh, and you know the fact that uh, you know the fact that Nana Wadding have been able to post a few larger scores uh, has been yeah really. Uh, you know, really promising, and uh, I, I don't see I don't see them dropping the game against Croydon North. Uh, to be honest, it's unfortunate to see a team go winless throughout a season, but sometimes that's just going to happen. And uh, Croydon North will hope, hopefully, be able to uh, sustain fewer injuries uh, next year, uh, come back, and perhaps recruit well in the off season. This is perhaps their last chance to get a win here, but I don't see them doing no, it.
1: I give them much more of a chance than I did the first two times, and. They got pretty close in those in their first two meetings, so uh, I definitely think they'll hype themselves up for this, but yeah, Nadawadding just have a little too much more attacking power and I think just get over the line here.
0: I'm going with Nana Wadding. I've been really impressed with what they've uh, done this year. I think they've worked uh, particularly hard on, on improvement. They've uh, worked particularly hard in trying to get better in a lot of facets of their game. They're scoring a lot more. They defend a lot better. And I think there's some exciting times for them in the not too distant future, continuing to build some good things, so they'll win this game pretty easily. the l-
2: the last time these two sides met, interestingly, uh, Nutterwadding won by 11 points, but at three-quarter time, to your point, Josh, Croydon North Emlock led 12 goals, 8-9-4. to nine, four. So they had a 22-point lead yeah. and then blew it in that last quarter. So four, a four-quarter performance, it might be a little bit different. That day, Crow kicked six and a uh, bit of a shootout there because uh, Wadding had Ben Rupps who kicked five himself. So... Uh, we'll see how that plays out this week, certainly. Uh, looking at the other games this weekend, So Park hosts Forest Hill. Um, last chance saloon for the, the Zebras. They're actually, you know, we always thought that if they were going to make the four, it would be Cherencai Park that would have to come out. Their best chance of making it now is actually to leapfrog Scoresby because Scoresby will play th- to, to um tomorrow. So if they lose that one... Opens up the door. I can't remember who Scoresby's got as well. Um, yep. and they've got Forest Hill. So th- there's your yeah. two games. If they beat Scoresby next week, pinch
1: a win here, who knows? You never know. But I, I, I think I, there are a decent chance. But just looking at the two meetings between the Panthers and the Zebras this year, they're pretty much the, the same scoreline. Very league. one-sided. And, you know, I think that last meeting... Surrey definitely weren't at their, their strongest lineup, whereas this week, you know, they've got Riley Tempany back, Josh Duran back into the lineup, Cal Garvin. They're, you know, they're pretty mu- they're getting a lot of players back in recent weeks, and they've got players coming through the reserve side, so they're starting to get their best side on the park and are starting to, to hit form at the right time, and I don't think they'll wa- I don't think they'll want to drop this one. I think they'll want to get a big win here.
2: Well, they won't because Spider top two is still still there for the taking for the two sides below them. So they've got three games to play. They've had their buy now, so they should get there and finish in the top two, but... Don't want to let this one slip for Surrey. Yeah, Surrey's
0: Surrey Park will get there. This is a priority for them to make sure that they do that and they'll get the job done against Forest Hill. They'll try really hard and be competitive for, throughout the game, but they haven't got the, the level of class that uh, Sorry have got across the field and not going to be able to kick a winning score, but Sorry will be able to you know, step it up when it really counts. So Sorry will win this uh, very comfortably and uh, you know, consolidate that spot in the top two. A couple
3: yeah. of important inns there for uh, Forest Hill. Billy Huxtable, uh, Brad Wilde, both have had uh, pretty good mm. seasons. They they consistently appear in the best. Uh, but I, I just don't think it's going to be enough uh, to to contend with Surrey Park. The, that just uh, just leagues leagues apart, uh, yeah, leads there, apart. Even
2: yeah, there is a bit of a gap still there between the two sides. So it would be have to it would have to be a very big upset, and I don't think anyone's going to tip it this week. Um, looking at the <laughs> last game of the season, Kilsyth take on Scoresby. Jared O'Neill comes back in for Kilsyth. Uh, Kennet out as for the Magpies, Gunton and Murray come into the team and. We keep going back to this last game where mm. Kilsyth won by 100 points. I and yeah. at the time, I think either they were top two or they were one and three. And I just could not get over it that much of a, a win, that big of a win. And they kicked 11 goals in the last quarter, ran over the top of them. I know Scoresby have had some outs and they probably haven't had the best luck of... Uh, Certainly, in the last probably month or two, um, been very unlucky on the injury front. And for Killside, who uh, are pretty much at full strength, I'm just trying to go through the side now and have a look if there's anyone, uh, any mm-hmm. noticeable outs there. But back at home, their form in the last couple of weeks, they had the bye, they lost to uh, turnside Park before that, and then their win against Cory North, Emelich, mm-hmm. wasn't overly convincing. But they're still, I think, probably the... I think they'd look at themselves as the team to beat alongside Surrey Park, Um can you make a case for, for Scoresby? No. Anyone mm. on this one? It would be a. It'd have to be a big upset, I think. It would.
3: It, it uh, I just have to say, uh, Brandon Drosler doesn't seem to be uh, amongst the lineup there for Kilsyth. That's the, yep. the one big out that spot. I can see. Uh, I can't really make a case for Scoresby. However, it's Kilsyth. We've seen no. what they can do against Surrey Park. Um, we. we Obviously, the hundred-point loss uh, for Scoresby against Gilt at earlier. Scoresby too. At Scoresby, that's telling. So uh, back uh, at Pink's Reserve, it's... yeah, I don't, I don't really see Scoresby getting up, uh, getting up over here.
1: Jared O'Neill is a really good inclusion for their midfield and forward line as well. It's, it, it's going to be hard for for Scoresby to stop uh, for, to stop them. Who, you know, the Paravicini is a bit of a loss for them as well, uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I think, yeah, those. I'm not going to say they're going to win by 100 points, but I think they should win comfortably, Kill School, uh
0: Killsythe will win. Schools for me, have been disappointing the last couple of weeks. Uh, everything's been really inconsistent, bit messy. Uh, their f- transition connection, their, you know just the way that they've been going about their footy, just haven't been the same team they were early in the year when they were having those really good wins and uh, were pushing for that top two. Uh, things seem to have just... Uh, yeah, slipped off a little bit from their work rate. So Kilsoth will win this game. scores we really need to put a better account of themselves in, in this match going into a, a finals campaign if they want to be a real contender.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And again, probably, yeah. You know, if you you lose this one, uh, they won't finish in top two. I don't think they will anyway, but it does open the door for Forest Hill if they pull off an upset. Yeah. So just keep an eye on it tomorrow. I think Surrey Park win comfortably anyway, so I don't think it will probably factor in as much, but... Just, just looking at all the options <laughs> as we no, yeah, yeah. we have got a I, scenario. I love, Clay? Yes. I love the scenarios, the the, oh, uh, the, the losses, Yes, the, the run home to Everyone variables. very interested in that. But that's it for us. Uh, all five divisions done. Get to this time of the day with the Super oh, Boost. Roughly the week. Important. There are some options this week. There's there some are. definite it, it, ones. It, Has anyone? I've sh- got one. Oh, you go first then. I'll
1: uh, I'll go Croydon over Mitchum. I I I, I assume you j- you would have got a back Croydon over Mitchum better. Uh, I think. I do give him a shout, and I don't know. It's it's something about the Blues knocking over the Tigers, whether that be at the local level or the. Ava. I just
2: muted him for that. <laughs> <No>. uh, Spider, <laughs> Spider, your uh, pick for the um, uh, Super Boost Rough of the week.
0: The Basin. Mm-hmm. I'm putting it on the one. table. I like the Basin it. will defeat uh, Heathmont if that opportunity arises. I I think it's a real danger game, as we labelled it earlier. If they come to play with some intent, uh, they are a real chance. So if uh, Jason Wade can get his team up, uh, it'll be... uh, Watch this space, but big challenge for Heathmont uh, in that match, particularly at uh, the Bear Cave.
3: I've got the one that uh, I was really worried that other people would steal, uh, but uh, I've got Park
0: You've Orchards got par- here.
2: <sighs> Yeah.
3: Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> that make, is well, make it tricky.
2: That is the rules, isn't it? can't uh, double up. So that w- mm-hmm. I was going to pick Park Orchards, mm-hmm. and, and the Basin would have been my backup. So just having a, a quick look through now. Uh, East Burwood. East Burwood, uh, I, I think it's probably, uh, I don't know... If with the inclusions with Temple Star, I think you can back him as a Ruffie. Yeah, yeah it's mm. a so it's a valid Ruffy. Yeah. I
3: think so. I would say so. Yeah. I would have Happy also said Coldstream, I would've offered that to you. Coldstream, yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, and I'd say that's a that's a valid roughie yeah, pick definitely. as well, given that both teams forms. Yeah.
2: So and that's that's it for us. Obviously big game tomorrow, Radio East in ninety eight point one <laughs> FM, Facebook, YouTube, Bayswater versus North Ringwood. It's it's you win, you stay alive <laughs> for the um, the waters you lose you are out of the race so i am very excited to see how they perform against the north ringwood side who is on fire. Uh, Spider, what are you up to tomorrow afternoon?
0: I'll be off. uh, I'm actually heading up to Ballarat for the day. So I'll be uh, a bit across all the scores. I'll be listening into the Match of the Day broadcast and I'll be keeping an eye on some vision across the day. So looking forward to hearing all the scores, all the detail, all the drama as it all unfolds. I can't wait to get stuck into it next Friday and we'll uh, get closer to working out who's playing in the finals and enjoy all the netball as well across the weekend. And also good luck to all the women that are playing uh, this weekend because uh, their finals is not far away as well and their season is uh, getting uh, coming to that big time yep. of the year as well with finals and a, a big mm-hmm. game tomorrow that you're calling uh, Josh Surrey Park and uh, and expert yeah I'm looking forward to to being out there and seeing
1: it two sides that obviously so I really enjoy and um, yeah another big day for me but um, it's going to be a lot of fun keeping a close eye on the scores around the grounds as well. It, uh, it'll definitely be an interesting day.
3: Absolutely and Jad you'll be out there with me we'll be calling all the action from one fifteen. Yep I'm very much looking forward to it. Two teams as we've said that uh, we haven't seen uh, and so I'm very excited to learn about these uh, both of them underdogs. Uh, this year, and uh, we love a good underdog story. So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting Definitely, to see yeah. which underdog prevails in this one and uh, can make a statement in the finals.
2: Potentially. Absolutely,
3: and that's it for us. We'll uh, see you tomorrow at the Eastland match
2: of the round between Bayswater and North Ringwood.
0: And uh, O'Regan,
2: probably just outside his distance, although he's made a fool of me there. Beautiful kick. What a season he's had, Marco Regan. He puts through... Okay, bursting through.
1: Burns off one. Kicks around the corner. He's oh! the goal. Tobin Brothers goal of the day content.